0: Let's open our Bibles today to Second John, the New Testament book of Second John. It's uh, hard to call it a book, it's, it's uh, a letter, but even calling a book a letter, it's one page in most of our Bibles, unless you've got a really giant print Bible, it might take up uh, more than one page, uh, but Second uh, John's at the, to the end of the Bible, it's uh, written by the disciple John, the apostle John, the writer of the gospel of John. First, second, and third John in Revelation, all written by the same person. And second John has 13 verses. And we're going to look together at that passage in just a moment. And uh, it's great to be able to celebrate Mother's Day with you. Happy Mother's Day to those in the room. And I pray that it's a special day for you opportunity maybe to hear from or talk uh, with kids and um, just uh, look forward to celebrating today with the mom in our house. I'm separated by distance from my mom but uh, I know I've met some folks that are in town uh, today just to be with your family and that's uh, fun to think about celebrations that you'll have as well. We have five children Our oldest is Graham, and he's 28. He just turned 28 uh, this past week. He was 8 when we came here uh, to pastor. He's 28 years old this week. Let me tell you this about Graham. Graham can walk. And you think, well, I hope so, pastor. He's 28. And um, he he can walk. and, uh, And I think about that. That he never asked us to teach him to walk. we just assumed that he would want to know <laughs> and um, he but I know this he's never he's never expressed to us that he regrets that we taught him to walk and um, but he he can walk and he's been walking for years and I think we just made the assumption he's our firstborn dad, a mom here one of the things we're supposed to do is teach our kids how to walk and uh, we knowing especially how helpful it is to walk, uh, how beneficial it is to walk, um, how enjoyable it is to walk. Graham needs to walk and so we tried to help him learn to walk. Actually we had some help with him learning to walk. Uh, We were living in Cleveland Tennessee when he was born and we had dear friends there, Arnold and Nancy Humbert, and they loved keeping Graham. And we loved having date nights, and so we would drop off Graham there, and they would have a great time with Graham, and Carla and I would go out and spend time together, and we'd come back and pick up Graham. One evening, we came back to pick up Graham in that reunion time with the sitters, and we're talking to them about how the night had gone, and Graham's sitting there in the floor, and Nancy just all of a sudden announces... So how long's Graham been walking? And we were just like, Do what? So how long's Graham been walking? And we were just stunned. Because we had never seen him walk before. And and Carla's thinking, you mean I spend all these days and he walks when I'm not there? No, it's was like we were just looking at him, what happened? What happened? And they began to tell us, and Nancy said, Well, he thought he could already walk, but I'm just outside in the yard, and she said, I carry a stick around when I walk, and I was holding the stick, and he was holding the other end of the stick, and he's just toddling along, and we were walking, and so I just let go of the stick, and he just kept holding the stick and just kept right on walking. (laughs) And that's how he learned uh, to walk. Now, I'm making some assumptions today, and the assumptions that I'm I'm making are these. I'm assuming that you want to walk. I'm, I'm assuming that you want to live wholeheartedly. Uh, it, nobody has come up to me and said directly, Pastor, I want to live wholeheartedly. Would you teach me how? I'm making some assumptions based on the fact that I'm knowing how beneficial it is to live wholeheartedly, how enjoyable it is to. Walk with Christ with a whole heart of devotion toward him. I'm I'm thinking, you want to walk. And I want you to know how to walk. And I want you to learn to walk. And I want you to keep walking with Christ with a whole heart. Now someone did recently say uh, to me in my presence, "How how do you stay on fire for the Lord? How do you just keep going with him? It just feels like I'm so up and down all the time. How do you just, uh, just keep on with Jesus? And basically, that's kind of what they were saying was, how do I live wholeheartedly for Christ? Well, here's a sermon in the sentence for you today. Wholehearted living requires an everyday walk. Wholehearted living requires an everyday day walk now I mean that predominantly figuratively spiritually but for some of you it may be true that wholeheartedly living for Christ requires a physical walk every day that that is where your soul is fed and that's a part of your walk with Christ but I mean that primarily spiritually it's taken right out of scripture in first John uh, I'm sorry in second John second John is a celebration of a life it's a celebration of a particular life, a woman who John learns is walking with Christ, abiding in Christ. And also that, his, that her children are walking with Christ and abiding in Christ. And he uses the word rejoice. And I have learned this week that the, a great way to understand the word rejoice is uh, going through a surprising gladness. Rejoicing expresses a surprising gladness. And it's like when John got word about this woman's life and her children and how they were walking with Christ, it was like he was like, this is great. This, is, this makes my heart so glad. This is, I'm rejoicing over learning about your walk with Christ. And he expresses that in this letter. Look at how he writes to her. Second John verse 1, the elder, that's referring to himself, the elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also who know the truth, but also but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us. From God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. Verse 4. I rejoice greatly. I have a surprising gladness. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth. Just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you dear lady. Not as though I were writing you a new commandment. But the one we have had from the beginning that we love one another. And this is love. That we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves, verse 8 says. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for but may win a full reward everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God whoever abides in the teaching has both the father and the son if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works verse 12 though I have much to write to you I would rather not use paper and ink instead I hope to come to you and walk I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. In 2 John, there are two words that he uses to describe our relationship with Jesus Christ. There are two words he uses to describe this relationship with Christ that he was celebrating with this surprising gladness and those two words are number one walk and number two abide walk and abide i look here in second john and i see the word abide three times i see the word walk or walking three times and he's talking about walking in the truth abiding in the truth walking in obedience to the commands abiding in obedience to the Commands, abiding in Christ, the word truth. It's walking, abiding, it's relationship. The word walk here he uses is the Greek word parapeteo. In the most literal sense, it just means putting left, right, left, right, left, right is movement. It's just taking steps. But in this sense, where it's used spiritually, it's a word peripateo that's often used to describe um, the the conduct of one's life. When we talk about walking, we're talking about this word peripateo, how you conduct your life. It means to order one's behavior. It's how you behave. It's how you do life. Spiritually, it's represented by the picture of believing, obeying, and repenting. It's it's conducting our life spiritually. It's trusting and obeying, like Neely's saying. And when we trust, we see his commands, we see what he says to do, we obey. When we fail to obey, we're convicted and we repent. It's trusting, obeying, and repenting. It's believing and repenting. It's that that ongoing walk. And the hope is, is as we mature in our walk, that there'll be a lot more walking and a lot less falling. There'll be a lot more walking and a lot more believing and a lot more trusting and a lot less repenting as we walk and walk and walk and walk in obedience to his commands. And then there's this word abide. Abide comes from the Greek word meno. It has a beautiful sound to it, it it feels. It, 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 it feels like relationship. The word abide feels like communion. And that's what it is. Abiding is a word that's used to describe someone who lives as a guest in the house of someone else. To abide. Living as a guest in the house of another. It's an invitation to come and sit for a while. It's a stopping and communing and communicating when we started the wholehearted series we began in uh, first peter and we talked about the fact that we're born again compels us to live wholeheartedly another description of being born again is the word is the phrase union with christ When we've been born again, we have a union with Christ. He's in us. We're in him. There's this union with Christ. And being born again, remember we talked about the gifts of a living hope, a lasting uh, inheritance, and a ready salvation. When we talk about union with Christ, there's a gift that comes with union with Christ, and it's this, communion with Christ. Because we're united in Christ, we have this amazing privilege to have communion with Christ. You get to have a relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords. You have this invitation to sit with him, commune with him, get to know him, love him, walk with him. Listen to how J.C. Ryle wrote in the 1800s about abiding with Christ. He says, to abide in Christ means to keep up a habit of constant, close communion with him. To be always leaning on him, always resting on him, always pouring out our hearts to him, using him as our fountain of life and strength, as our chief companion and best friend. To have his words abiding in us is to keep his sayings and precepts continually before our memories and to make them the guide of our actions and the rule of our daily conduct and behavior. That's abiding. It's so constant. It's right in front of us. It's His Word with us. It's Christ with us. Eric Reed, pastor in Tennessee, wrote this about abiding. He says abiding has a continual hour-by-hour nature to it. It is a listen to this phrase. It is a constant looking to Jesus through the Scriptures. If we, if we, he says, if we could avoid gospel amnesia and remember His grace, we could barely stand an hour's absence from Him. Walking, abiding. We're talking about a wholehearted. Living for Jesus requiring an everyday walk. It's everyday abiding. We won't be able to live wholeheartedly for Christ if the only time we spend with Christ is just 30 minutes on a Sunday morning or just an hour on Sunday morning. We we, we need this day-by-day walk and abiding with Christ. Someone has described abiding in Christ, walking with Christ like using a sailboat. Any sailors in the room? Maybe somebody in the room knows how to sail. I, I've never attempted. I've looked at, I've watched sailboats before, just looked at them and kind of backed off and thought, no, I not, not, can't do it, not me. I don't know all the technical terms. Think about this, just a single sail, single mast, just a center post there. What do you have to have to sail? You've got to have what? Wind you you got to have wind and and you, you could sit in that boat all day long and if the wind doesn't blow it, you're not going anywhere and you sit in that and the wind may blow but in order for you to catch the wind what do you have to do you got to draw the sail and walking with Christ and abiding with Christ is like that. We can sit in life in a relationship with Jesus Christ and absolutely we need the Holy Spirit living in us, flowing through us to grow. We need the work of Christ in us. He produces the growth, but we got to draw the sail. Oh, there are some tools that we use to walk with Christ, to abide with Christ. One Pastor, many years ago, he referred to it as uh, laboring to be brought near. Laboring to be brought near. You see in that, that combination of both labor on our part, but also God working. Laboring to be brought near. And this morning we talk about walking and abiding in Christ. I want to take a few minutes to just try to help us walk. What I want to share with you over the next 20 minutes or so is is really kind of a life message. There are no secrets to my spiritual life beyond what I will share with you today. And if you say, how do you walk with Christ? Here it is. Since a junior in college, knowing that I was saved, just... Day by day, week by week, month by month, weaving these threads of spiritual life together to try to catch the wind, to walk with Christ, to sail with Christ. It's a three-pronged approach. Number one, private disciplines. Private disciplines. There's some things that are done when nobody else is watching. When nobody else is paying attention that we do out of discipline to abide with Christ. Kevin Azell says effective people put their priorities on the calendar. Think of 2 Peter that talks about the opportunity for us to be effective and fruitful. And one of the things that we need to put into the calendar of our life, the budget of our time, are private disciplines that help us walk with Christ, that help us walk wholeheartedly with Christ. Now, these private disciplines in my life are sandwiched between uh, two major day events. These two major day events for me, basically each day of life, the first would be a morning surrender. And the second would be an evening gratitude. Gratitude. A morning surrender and an evening gratitude. All the other private disciplines are sandwiched between those two markers of each day. Morning surrender, evening gratitude. In the privacy of my mind, in the privacy of my prayers, and the privacy of my relationship with Christ, I'm inviting you in to say, here's where my morning starts, here's where my mind starts, here's where my evening ends. What is a morning surrender? It's that time now, rarely, uh, is an alarm required, but uh, wake up. Some of you have lived long enough to know you do get to an age where an alarm is not needed. It's crazy how now so often wake up two minutes before the alarm. And just, But uh, not, alarm's not needed really anymore, but wake up, kind of ask, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. And um move to the edge of the bed. And before the feet hit the floor, this morning surrender. And in that morning surrender, just in my mind, before anyone else doing anything else, is um Lord, here I am. And uh, and the first and most often prayer I pray is this, Lord. If you can raise Jesus from the dead, you can raise me from this bed. (laughs) And I seem to pray it more and more uh, as the days go by. And just in the privacy of my mind, sometimes whispering it, just just looking up, sometimes hands lifted, sometimes just propping on my knees. Just Lord, if you can raise Jesus from the dead, you can raise me from this bed. And I want to die to myself. When I ask you to live through me. Clothe me with righteousness. Just fill me with your Spirit. Lord, today would you fill me fresh with your Holy Spirit? And often recently I've prayed, Lord, give me a, give me a, a, a mood to care and not critique. Help me be helpful today. Help me walk with you. Help me live for you and I just spend some time right there, just surrendering my day, my life, my mind to the Lord and then we move and then these disciplines not all of these every day these are woven in I would say over the course of a month that most all of these find themselves woven into my day and days and weeks of how I just walk with Christ and abide with Christ and won't labor uh, on defining these, some of these are familiar to you. Some of these may be new to you, but these are the things that help me through my day. Abide, and number one is silence and solitude. Silence and solitude. Finding time in the day, finding time in the week, finding time in the month to be quiet, to hide the noise, to to be in solitude, to be alone. No one else is speaking. No one else is talking. It, it, you go through seasons of life. Sometimes that's can only be a couple of minutes, and sometimes you know you got people banging on the door trying to get into where you are. You, you solitude. It's alone. You're building it into your life and schedule. Silence and solitude to still ourselves before the Lord. Number two is praise and petition. Praise and petition, acknowledging, recognizing who God is, His majesty. I often use the alphabet. It's so simple. Lord, you're awesome. You're beautiful. You're caring. You're my deliverer. You're everlasting. You're my friend. You're great. You're good. You're my hope. You're invincible. Just on through the alphabet, just praising Him for who He is. Petition, the things that the Spirit of God puts in my heart that I need to be asking. Number three, meditating and memorizing. Meditating and memorizing, I'm not talking about some kind of trance or some kind of um, mystic thing. I'm talking about spending time with verses of Scripture where I th- read short phrases and just meditate on it. Just just live in it. Just repeat it over and over. I take the words and break them apart. I look at verse four and see, like, I rejoiced greatly. I re Rejoiced. It sounds like something that he's doing over and over again. Greatly. Well, that's like he's really excited. He's not just rejoicing. He's rejoicing greatly. I rejoice greatly. Why does he rejoice greatly? To find some of your children. He's excited about what he's heard about her children. Just It's just meditating. Just thinking it through the day. Of, and what's being said there. And, it's, and I'm att- attached memorizing to this because it's... Phenomenal to me, really supernatural how when you meditate on the word, how easy it becomes to memorize the word. And and even more than writing it over and over and over again, just meditating, chewing on that word, taking it in, repeating it over and over, how it becomes uh, woven into the fabric of our soul and the Lord brings it back to us. Fourth is confessing and repenting. Time to say, Spirit of God, where does my life not agree with you? Where does my life not agree with the Word? Where does it not agree with your character? And, and, and I see that and, and I confess that and then repent. Lord, let that change. Don't let me be satisfied with that. Don't let me tolerate that. Change my life. Let me walk away from that. And number five, listening and looking. A part of me abiding with Christ and walking with Christ involves listening, just being quiet, Lord, what are you saying? And, and like, listen. Listen for his guidance. Listen for him to speak. Listen for him to convict in my heart or bear witness in my heart. Looking. Looking for where he's involved Looking for his movements Looking for his action Looking at his creation Can I exhort you to notice small things Five, six years ago God convicted me about living small Instead of living large Live small Notice the smallest of bugs Notice the smallest of bugs Critters, the smallest leaves, the smallest flowers. Look at the detail. Look at the movement. Look what God does when He's 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 at work. I sat down in my office this week and I was thinking about abiding and and walking with Christ, and I felt like I was in a I said, Lord. I, I need to read something about abiding. I, I want to read what others have written about abiding. Feed my soul about abiding, and I'm looking at the Word, and I'm. Just turn around in my desk. I'm just looking at the wall of books in there and I'm just Lord, just wonder what do I have about abiding? And I'm just looking around and and I kind of lower my head and I look down and I I see this book bottom shelf, two books in. It's called Union with Christ. And I just reach over and I pull it out. I turn around in my desk and I read the front cover and I open it up and when my thumb Opens up in about an inch and a half thick book. It opens, and the page says Chapter Thirteen, and the title of that chapter says "Abiding in Christ." There's more than two books in my office. All right, <laughs> I just looked at the title. I'm just staring at it. I didn't even read it. I sat there. I I around. Lord, you're awesome. You're amazing. I can't believe you just did that. I Went on to read more there, but it was just just listen. Look. Number six, fasting and waiting. Fasting and waiting, there are times where I just go without a meal or meals to allow my flesh to be not numb, to, to, to be hungry physically, to have a desire physically. And it draws me toward the Lord and finding my sustenance in Him. And waiting, He doesn't always speak. He doesn't always answer like he did that day in my office. It it involves waiting and being patient with him. Number seven, reading and writing. So, reading through the word, just reading through the word. Just reading phrases and listening for the Spirit to speak and see what he's saying and writing. I don't journal every day. I don't, I even sometimes don't journal every week. I just, but will often through over the course of a month just write prayers. Write answers to prayers. Write out what my emotions are. Write out what my struggles are. uh, Write out what the Lord has taught me that day in a passage of scripture that I've read, reading, and writing. Number eight, trusting and obeying. Lord, what do you want me to do? Really? I don't understand that. Are you sure? You want me obey and and in that abiding and walking with christ you you see what he says you see his commandments and you trust him on the other side of obedience it's trusting and obeying and then evening gratitude that closes that closes the day morning surrender evening gratitude and what is evening gratitude it's that time when your head hits the pillow and just before you're falling asleep you're just like lord thank you for your faithfulness today and there's a few things that go through your mind and heart that you're grateful for as you fall asleep. And it starts the day with surrender and ends the day with gratitude. And when I give you that list, I know even hearing the word disciplines, you're like, oh, dull discipline pain. I don't, I don't, is there not a better way? Here, Let me tell you why you want to walk like this. I was talking to Jason a couple of weeks ago, our worship pastor, and my throat was bothering me and I was about to grab some water. And I said, hey man, tell me, should I like grab like really ice cold water or, or room temperature water? What's better for my throat? And he said, well, probably the room temperature water, but here's the real story. I said, what? Is that water that you're about to drink, you're about to drink, it'll hit your vocal cords in about 20 minutes. I said, do what? He goes, yeah, you, you drink it, it'll like quench your thirst, but it's not going to affect your vocal cords for about 20 minutes. So you just need to know whatever you drink right now, it'll be 20 minutes before you get the impact of it. Okay. When we walk in these spiritual disciplines, often we'll come away from them, we'll come away from a day, we'll come away from time with the Lord and we're like, I didn't get much out of that. That was boring. 20 minutes later, Two days later, even two years later, what you have poured into your life in, in that abiding with Christ impacts your life, changes your life, feeds your life, gives you life. It's private disciplines. Let me tell you now, secondly, three prong approach a daily walk secondly public devotion public devotion there's some things that we do privately to walk with Christ and abide with Christ there are things that we do publicly help us abide with Christ. Public devotion, these are more seen. They're interactive with other people, interactive with God's people. We need, hear me, we need, as painful as it is, we need the sanctifying work of interacting with other people. And God uses the Holy Spirit. As the old preachers say, he He uses people to be the sandpaper of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives. And it can be like a metal grinder. He says in his words, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And, and the, the picture I give you here is that, that like John is saying, I, I want to come and talk to you face to face. That's where my joy will be complete. And when you and I have public devotion, it gives us a chance to strengthen our walk to enrich our abiding with Christ. And four or five ways public devotion one is gathering. What you're doing right now will strengthen your walk with Christ. It's not enough in itself, but it's a part of it. Gathering where the word of God is read and taught and applied. Gathering where the word of God is sung and memorized. Gathering where the body can be obedient, hear God's direction and and grow together, schedule your life around this public devotion of, of gathering, I, I need you, I need you to publicly gather with me to help me grow and abide with Christ, you need the people around you, we've been in the new room, new, new room long enough. For us to kind of begin to sit where we're going to sit. Some of you are still trying it out. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, Ben, you and your wife made it back over on this side. This, I've missed you over here. You got off to the, over here for some reason. I'm glad you're back. But uh, we're, we're, we're finding our place. And while I'm preaching, all kind of thousand things go through your mind. And I'm just looking around, taking inventory while I preach. And I'm just, you encourage me by being here. You hurt me when you're not here. Now listen, don't easy now. I'm not. I'm not. Don't. I'm, not, I'm not, Here's what I mean. I miss something. I miss something when we're when we don't gather. That spiritually us. Hebrews eleven. Hebrews ten. Don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. But in. But encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Your presence in a gathering encourages the brothers and sisters around you. Giving, giving draws my heart in. Giving allows me to take my earthly treasures and invest them in eternal things. And when I give through the ministry of Watkinsville First Baptist, it draws my heart toward eternal things and draws me into abiding in Christ and what he's up to. Serving. It takes the gifts that God has given me spiritually and exercises them. And it strengthens me. It, it shows my dependence on him. Relationships. We do small groups, we do Sunday classes, we have a commons area out here. We stand, we talk, it's it's relationships, it's a chance for us to build one another. You need that public devotion. Sharing our faith, having conversations with others about our faith, even if they're saved. Being able to talk about what Jesus has done in our life, talking to others about How they need Jesus. Philemon, Paul writes to him, says, I want you to be active in sharing your faith so that you may know what you have in Christ. Now, let me me stop right here. We're talking about private disciplines, public devotion. Let me, I want to try to address something that can happen in our life spiritually. I've lived there for years. I've lived for years feeling guilty about my personal walk with Christ. And I look at other people and I think, man, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could walk like them. I wish I had the depth that they had. I, I, I wish, Lord, I wish you'd speak to me. I, I wish, God, I just, I'm just, I don't even know where to start. And just kind of. In this constant state of just beating myself up because I'm not walking. I don't spend an hour every day. I don't spend 30 minutes every day. I didn't get all, what are those? What's that acrostic again, Pastor? I missed the acrostic. I don't know what it is. Are you familiar with um, gate recognition technology? G A I T. Gate recognition technology. As, as more and more research comes in, it's believed more and more that our individual gait, how we walk, how we move, is as identifiable as our DNA. China right now is covered with it. Their security systems increasingly are not about face recognition, but about <laughs> gait recognition. And from 55 yards away, a camera can identify who a person is based on how they walk. That's kind of creepy, isn't it? But stay with me for just a moment. Here's what I want to say to you. Your walk spiritually with Christ is unique to you. I may influence you others may influence you but you got to you have a relationship with Christ and you take the tools like silence and solitude and petition and praise writing and reading you take all those tools and you just weave them into your walk and let the spirit of god Work with you and shape you and mold you and build you. And you learn to walk with him. And have your own unique gate spiritually with Christ. But here's what I'm saying to you today. Walk. Walk. Start your day with surrender. End your day with gratitude. Weave into your days and weeks prayer and petition and the word and silence and solitude and fasting and these tools that allow us to draw the sail. But don't beat yourself up over whether or not in comparison you're what somebody is. Walk with Christ who saved you. Just walk. Abide with him. Here's the last thing that I want to say. Here's, a, here's, again, just my heart on how I walk with Christ. No, no secrets about my spiritual life after this morning of how I seek the Lord. Number, number three is a guarded intake. A guarded intake. What I take into my life, what I receive into my life, affects how I abide with Christ, affects how I walk with Christ. Look in verse 8. John says, watch yourselves. And he's he's celebrating their walk. He's celebrating them abiding. But he says, watch yourselves. So that you may not lose what you have worked for, but maybe win a full reward. He, He says in verse 10, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Now there's sermons we could do Lots of minutes on these verses. I know this one thing about it. What comes into the home of my life affects how I walk. And I got to guard my intake. What, just think about the five senses. What we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we touch. We got to guard those entry points into our heart. Now, I'm not talking about just stripping everything away, tearing away relationships. I, I, but there's some areas you've got to guard your intake. One area, music and media. Music and media. You've got to guard your intake. Now, listen, we're not about to have a book burning or a record burning, all right? Don't, don't come back here at five with all your LPs, and we're not going to burn them. But you do know what you get when you play a country song backwards, don't you? You know that, right? listen, I'm just saying, guard your intake. I'm not saying eradicate what you do. I got you an hour a week. You, 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 you're, you, the world, listen, the world hammers on you. The world hammers on you. Hour after hour after hour on every sense that we have, that we receive things. And, and the attempt of the enemy, the schemer, is to knock us off step, to, 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 to trip us up. You've got to guard your intake when it comes to music and media. I grew up saturated with media. I, I have this avid hunger, uh, this ravenous hunger for current events, and I have to guard it. It's, it's just been bred into me. I grew up, I'm a Walter Cronkite guy. And Walter Cronkite, Dan Rather, Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, and Chris Wallace, Mike Wallace, Connie Chung, Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters. And I, I, I know them Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, Anderson Cooper, Wolf Blitzer. I know their names. And it's just, it's amazing. And they're just speaking to our life and speaking to our life and speaking to our life. You got to, listen, you got to guard your intake. Number two, you got to guard your food and drink. What we take into our bodies physically affects our abiding with Christ spiritually. And here's what I mean. I'm just saying guard it. And and, and here's what we we do. Food and drink is so abundant for us in America that when our soul is longing to abide with Christ, we will often self-medicate with food or drink, and we miss that fellowship with Jesus. And you got to guard your intake. Number three, friends and acquaintances. There's a strong word here. That I, I'm trying to figure out what all he's saying right here. But there's enough to know that he says there's a warning for those that you welcome into your life. Those that you allow to speak into your ear. Those that you allow to give advice and counsel into your life. If you're going to abide with Christ and walk wholeheartedly with him, guard your intake when it comes to the words and advice of friends and acquaintances. Now I ask you, do you want to walk? Do you want to walk? Do you want to walk wholeheartedly? I believe you do. I believe you do. And these private disciplines and public devotions and this guarded intake will put you in a place and put you in step to walk wholeheartedly with Christ. So we close up our Bibles. We put up our notes. And I'm about to pray. And we're going to leave. In a lot of ways what I'm doing this morning. Before you is I'm holding the stick. And in about 60 seconds. What I'm going to do. Is I'm going to let go of the stick. And my hope and prayer is. Come Monday. You'll keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Father I pray today. Just like, you, just like you taught the disciples to pray, that you'd teach us to walk. And Lord, would you draw us in up close as we draw the sail to walk, to abide, to live for you with all our heart. In Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen.